What's up, party people? This is Mo Royce of Tragedy, the all-metal tribute to the Bee Gees and beyond. This is Fuzzy Cracklins of the Swamp Records. This is Matt Price, and I play guitar for Behold the Monolith and All Souls. Hello, guys. I'm Martin from Pure Sonic Outcasts. Hey, this is Rick Hunel from Exodus. Hi, this is Heather of Happy Hour with Heather and Guest. This is Eric Nogglebed of Onocore, and you're listening to Sarah Wiz Banger. Exactly. Oh, yeah. This is Ryan the Macho Man Ogle from Clawhammer PR. Get it. Are we rolling? This is Max from Dead Panda, and... This is Jeff from Dead Panda. This is Stacy Savage, and you're listening to the Whizbanger Show. Hey, all you cauldron stirrers out there, this is Gabriel from Gorilla Wizard. <clears throat> this is Trez from Mares of Thrace, and you're listening to the Whizbanger Show. Black Lives Matter, and eat the rich. Hey, all of you heavy metal weirdos, this is Graham of Beldam and current bassist of Harvest of Ash and Sleeping Tigers here in Salt Lake City, Utah. And you're listening to The Whizbanger Show. Hi there, everyone. This is Gorka from 1945. You're listening to The Whizbanger Show. Hi, I'm Ross Ferguson. I'm Mark Russell. We were Citizen Rage from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Hey, everyone. This is Sarah. And Vincent from Smolder. A lady effort and I thought you should know. You are listening to The Whizbanger Show on MMH, the home of rock radio. Stay heavy. Get Whizbanged. Wall of death to kill anything it 
Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Whizbanger Show, very special edition of the Whizbanger Show. I was able to sit down and speak with Mr. Rick Hunolt, an old friend of mine. We spent about a little over an hour chatting about life and our kids and music and the old days and all of that kind of stuff and some new stuff and shared some stories. And so I'm going to weave today's show in with clips from our time together and all the music that we love so much from Ruthie's End. So lots of bands that started at Ruthie's, including Exodus. We've got the Boneless ones on here, a little bit of Laz Rocket, Testament Slayer, Death Angel. And I hope you enjoy the show and listening to Rick and I chit chat about the past and got some great questions and a couple of great Paul Bailoff stories, of course. So without further ado, here you go the Rick Hunold special on the Whizbanger Show on MMH, the home of rock radio. It's the Whizbanger Show. Hey! <laughs> I have a bunch of music here. Gate for the devil. Yeah, so I found some cool ones here. Oh, there are some really cool ones. I had completely forgotten about Vicious Rumors. <laughs> Remember? They're, They're from Santa Rosa. They're still together. They're still together. That was that was with Vinnie Moore. Wow, dude, that's, yep. that's a long time ago. And Laws Rocket, we got Laws going on. Stone Vengeance, so killer. That's a good list. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, it's got a lot. It's got a little bit of everything. Oh, it's just so good to see you. I just want to spend time reminiscing too. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. We would have an excuse to talk about the olden days. Um, oh, man. Okay. What's your favorite Exodus album? Oh, this is supposed to be quick. Uh, Tempo of the Dim. What's your least favorite? I, I really don't have a least favorite, but I'll say, uh, I'll say one that I'm not on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll say, geez, uh, Louise, uh, Force of Habit. That's the political answer. Yeah. That's the political <laughs> answer. <laughs> that's what it, put it, put it this way. that's what most of the fans would say so again like don't spend too much time thinking about it okay best paul bailoff story oh my god I, there's so many but um if you want to know what type of guy paul bailoff was we were in europe on the bottom by blood tour like many many years ago this is the kind of asshole he was excuse my french so we're all sitting up in the front of the bus talking and paul comes running up the aisleway drunk out of his mind and he stuck big old ball of duct tape in my hair. <laughs> and that was, you know, that was, that was his comedy. It's like that. I was, that was horrible. <laughs> that was his way of saying he loved you. Yeah. He was insane, dude. He was, he would just the most awesome dude. He would bring kids up on the bus all the time and just let them hang out and give them food and give them alcohol or whatever if they wanted it. He was crazy. The kids loved him. One of my memories with Paul Bailoff is, it would happen several times, but he would come and terrorize the girls and women in the bathroom. Yeah. He'd come like, he'd like fling the door open, that stupid metal door that never actually closed. Right. <laughs> that had like punch marks in it, or that's right. my memory of it. And then they, he would like, sl- like fling it open and come running in and like scream and yeah. then pound, pound on the stalls and then leave, like run out just quickly. Right. Was this a rookie? Yes, yeah. those stupid doors. Yes. Yeah. Hey, hey, have you been to Ruthie's since since it turned into Black Oak Books? Did you ever go in there? I have never been in there, but I drive by it uh, occasionally. Like when I don't go to the Bay Area often because it's so depressing. When I do, I drive by there. Last time I was there, actually, we did a, a on 34th and San Pablo. There's a um a big billboard, front row billboard that we did a big photo shoot all a, a whole bunch of us. And uh, it, you know what was really crazy. As everybody was so freaked out about COVID, man. I mean, they were, I mean, I could feel the fear, you know, it was, it wasn't good. Yeah. Everybody's on edge. Man, it is. It really is sad. 
So this is like a couple of weeks ago. I checked in a couple of days ago with the, uh, the the thread that uh, Harold started. Everybody else is every everybody's fine, so that's good. Oh, so Harold Ullman was trying to. Yeah, he's like, the one. That, me and me and Harold kind of organized it on Facebook. It, it was pretty cool because you know that that billboard is so it's epic, dude. You know what I mean? And to be so close to Ruthie's and to have that billboard pop up like that, I was just like, wow, man, we gotta we gotta document this.
on our social media Facebook Twitter and Instagram want airplay want your album reviewed get in touch just search MMH the home of rock radio okay just gonna bust in here and tell you who you heard that was Laz Rocket with I'm Electric off the 1987 album Know Your Enemy on Enigma Records they are from the Bay Area and one of the Ruthie's in house bands. <laughs> They're split up, unfortunately. Before that, you heard Vicious Rumors. I played the song Medusa off the 1985 Soldiers of the Night album, which came out on Shrapnel Records. And as Rick mentioned, is with Vinnie Moore. They are from Santa Rosa and they're still active and they're now on Steamhammer Records. 
And then, of course, the boneless one. And that was, in Rick's words, Skate for the Devil. Off the, that was a title track off the 1986 album. And they're unsigned independent band. And they're still together. They've gotten back together recently. Oh, and of course, I kicked us off with Exodus, with my favorite Exodus, Exodus song, Piranha, off the Bonded by Blood album that came out way back in the olden days there in 1985. All right, let's get back to Rick and I, shall we? Here we go. Best Ruthie's in story. The best thing about Ruthie's was it was before there even was a thrash metal scene. It was just like to, to, like, to be in this day and age right now and to step back and to think about all the names and all the the people that have gotten so famous that were at Ruthie's every, every weekend is insane. You know, I mean, it started with Metallica and Slayer. And I mean, these are guys that like, we were just kids. It was our home. You know, I, I grew up there just to go there every weekend and just to have a place to, to listen to metal and be a part of a scene that was growing and just it was incredible. It blows my mind to this day, just to even think about the people that were there in the beginning. Like I'm looking at this list and I mean, everybody on the, even, even Slammy, we all grew up at Ruthie's. I mean, all of these guys here and all of I these know. bands. <laughs> That's why I picked them. <laughs> yeah. But we were just like little kids. You know, yeah. I, we weren't even really, I don't even think we could even drink legally. <laughs> yeah, you know we all I mean? did. <laughs> no, it was pretty crazy. You know, I love to talk to these people when I see them like Sammy. And I, I talk to Stone Vengeance sometimes on Facebook. They're badass. Coffee? I just, I love my coffee so much. He's, yeah, yeah he's, a good he's, he's a good pal. All of them are, man. I had this conference and festival that I put on at Gilman called Legion of Steel. And it was a three day long academic conference and heavy metal punk festival Holy it was like God. a heavy metal festival and i had to explain to people why there were a couple of punk bands on the bill because fang yeah. played yeah and this whole crossover thrash comes from right i mean it's, right. it's there was hardly ever an all metal show right <laughs> there was no, always no, some no, punk no. rock band especially at ruthie's yep yep anyway anyway so but fang played that festival and then so did stone vengeance it was really nice. cool nice and mike and i have since become pals and they just that's awesome really cool, really cool people hell yeah and they Legendary. And they, they were badass dude we love playing with them nobody knew none of us like knew what was happening right that was the, that's the crazy no, thing. No, that's the whole thing that's the craziest thing about it is we really we're just in the moment. Who would have thought that, that Metallica would have sold so many millions and millions of literally the biggest band in the world? It's freaking insane. When Metallica left for Europe the first time, me and Tom lived at their house in El Cerrito, the, the, the famous Carlson house. And we used to drink. I remember drinking a uh, vodka and maple syrup with James, like because we'd run out of mixer and it was too much <laughs> to go to the store. <laughs> so nasty. <laughs> Just <laughs> wake up all sticky and just so gross. The sacrilege tracks tr Streffen gave me a while back yeah, yeah, yeah. when I when I was bringing when I was bringing the show back and Streffen did the album cover for our live album li live at the Trocadero. Oh, that's another super lesson, cool. Another lesson of violence. Yeah, he, he's a good artist. He's done some some a lot of artwork for us. We're talking about Streffen Taylor of Sacrilege BC. He and his wife. Heather, Heather have a business married and Gary's Gary's married to what's her name? I don't know. I know, I, I know it's weird, but I don't know him. You don't know Gary. I know. Wow. He's well, like, I think, in, I think we've probably met, you know, several times, but he's one of the only Berkeley boys. I mean, actual legit Berkeley guy it, on this list, except for Sammy and some of the guys in Laws Rocket are, are, 
or from Berkeley. Well, and you saw which which Fang song we're listening to. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Fang is awesome, man. I'm looking at our list. Yeah, you're right. None of well, nobody in Slayer's from no the East Bay. Bonus ones, the, Max and everything. Yeah, so Max. I think yeah, Max That's and Troy. Man, uh, Alex Skolnick. Alex is from, from Berkeley. Yeah, he's from Berkeley. He went to Maybach. Yeah, he's from it. the hills. See, we're from the flat. We're from the flats. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him do this Alex this, the Alex Skolnick trio. Have you heard his jazz stuff? Dude, they're badass. I yeah, went with really so Siobhan and I went to go see them. Did you go to Yoshi's? Yep. 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 They're really good. Yeah, we went to the, see him at Yoshi's, and then I, I went and accosted him afterwards, and he went, oh, he was shocked. <laughs> I bet he was. He wasn't like, who's this crazy person? Took him a second, and you could just, I hadn't seen him in forever, but so that was yeah, cool. No, they were so good. They oh really are good. I wasn't expecting it to be so incredible, but it Yeah, it really is. No, it's, it's like, it. like world class.
right. I hope you are enjoying the show today with a little mix of uh, chit chat down memory lane slash interview with Rick Hunolt and mixing in songs as a tribute to Ruthie Zinn. And we had some wild cards. Metallica never played Ruthie Zinn, but they were a big part of Ruthie Zinn and were often there. <laughs> so that's why they're in there. And of course, we talked about them a little bit. Anyway, that was Stone Vengeance. They're from San Francisco. As we talked about, they were regular players at Ruthie's Inn. And I played the song for you, Malice, off the 1986 demo, which was re-released as a full album in 1998 called To Kill Evil. Before that, Slayer with Altar of Sacrifice from the 1986 album Rain and Blood on Def Jam Recordings. And top of the set was Metallica with Whiplash off Kill 'Em All. Got a couple more for you before we get back to the interview. Here's Sacrilege BC with Asmeroth right here on the Louis Banger Show, Rick Hunold special on MMH, the home of rock radio.
to say it. Every single time I've seen Fang over the last several years, I'm always asking them to play this song because it's our anthem, Berkeley Heathen Scum. <laughs> and they never play it. And it's always, Sammy is always telling me that it's because the the people in the band don't know the song or something like, I don't know. Sam, if you're listening, you owe me that song. <laughs> okay. And that, of course, Fang was regularly at Ruthie's Inn. I can't even, I can't even count how many times I saw Fang at Ruthie's Inn. And, and like Rick and I talked about, there were, there was hardly ever a street metal show at Ruthie's Inn. There were always punk bands or hardcore, pre hardcore, pre crossover. I mean, all this stuff wasn't even called that yet. Top of the set was Sacrilege BC from the Bay Area. And I played the song Asmaroth for you at the 1986 party with god album on alchemy records and the front man for that band is streffen taylor and that's who rick and i were talking about who did some of the art for exodus albums all right let's get back to the interview how did you come to be a student of judge satriani before i started playing i used to watch phil kentner when the laws rocket was forming okay i asked phil and aaron jellum and there was also another guy named Danny Gill who used to play guitar in a band called Diamond. And then he started another band called Gilt, who Chuck Billy from Testament used to sing for. So just basically, I asked Bill, I said, dude, do you take lessons? You know, and he, he said, yeah, from this dude named Joe Satrioni on Rose and Grove in Berkeley. Joe back then was playing for the Squares. So Joe, that was just a power trio that used to play at the Square, Keystone, Berkeley, Stone. They were, they were like power pop, you know what I mean? Mm. But uh, this is before Joe became like a guitar hero. This is before I could even play guitar. Even a power chord, I went to start taking lessons from Joe. And it was difficult. He was really hard. Because if he didn't practice, he would he would get really pissed off. It was me, Aaron Jellum, Phil Kentner, Danny Gill, Alex Skolnick, and uh, Eric, this kid from Berkeley High from uh, named Eric Dinwiddie. I don't know if you remember that name. Mm, the name's but familiar. He, it was, he, he played guitar for the Uptones. Sounds like he'd even be my age, right? Yeah, probably. He, Yeah, they were really, actually, they were really big in the ska movement back then. Do you stay in touch with Satriani? I saw him at NAMM in the, in the 90s, and he was totally, he was so cool because he was there promoting his, his JSX head, the Joe Satriani PB model head. And uh, we saw him there, and he was Totally awesome. We we just hung around for a while and talked about, you know, the old days and everything. He was really, really cool. All right. Awesome. Okay. So I do want to, I want to talk about your boys. So you got Odin and then what's your other son's name is John. John. Yep. And he's now 18 and John's 17. I think the reason you broke off with Exodus was for those guys. Yeah, exactly. I was going through some problems. Can I talk about, can I be honest and totally transparent? That's what I'm all about. Whatever you want to say. I was battling a really bad drug addiction at, at the latter part of my time in Exodus. So I, when I had my boys, I tried to make it work, man, but I was just, we were on the road nine months out of the year and I, I wasn't making enough money to bring up my family and I just had to get the hell out of there. I just had to concentrate on myself and my kids. And so I, I stopped playing with the band. I don't even remember what year. And then we moved out of the Bay Area. You know, so I could get my shit together. And it, it turned out good. It was it wasn't easy. It was a hard, bumpy ass road, but I got eleven years clean now and I'm I'm good. That's awesome. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Everybody in this scene, it was it was a big part of the scene back then, you know. Just mm-hmm. the, the parties and the and the drugs and the, the alcohol it was horrible. It was so, not a safe environment, I don't think, for any of us. And we were all so young. 
You know, the one thing that we did, though, somehow we were able to take care of one another, too. Even with Paul Bailoff running into the ladies' room and banging on the <laughs> stall doors, that did not feel threatening at all. It was No, just, it wasn't threatening. It was, it was part of the landscape. And he never yeah. did anything untoward as I could ever see around women. He was just... No, he was absolutely totally out of his mind. <laughs> no, he was. He would do stuff to, to, to guys, but he would never, ever disrespect a woman. So there was, you know, there was just a lot of unquestion. There was a lot of questionable like behavior that we were all involved in. I, I yeah. mean, I've had my own battles with drugs and alcohol, and I don't think I don't think any of us got out of there unscathed, you know. Right, but then, you know, I, I have to be honest. I mean, in recovery, we call it a pity party. So you could either stress on the time that you wasted chasing the bag and all the years that you wasted getting high and all this other stuff, or you can move on. And say, well, it's part of the person I am today. Mm -hmm. And I'm cool with that guy. So, you know what I mean? That's what happens on the other side of it. If you get yeah, there, absolutely. it's really cool. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, thank God I'm never not in prison. Thank God I'm still alive. And thank God I got my health and my brain. A lot of my, a lot of my friends lost their freaking minds on that shit. Yeah. It's really sad. It is sad. And then it's also equally amazing to be able to talk to one another and still be in touch you know Absolutely. even like stupid riffing on stuff you know in social media it just it's still real nice so we're all we're all alive and we're all doing as best we can so what are your boys doing now odin graduated 2020 but because of covid wasn't able to walk you know i was really really looking forward to being a part of his graduation but um mm -hmm. I think it bothered me more than it did him <laughs> he was like yeah i don't give a shit i just want to get my diploma i'm like but I just wanted to be a part of him walking and, and John is, he's a junior and he's, you know, he's doing the distance learning right now. Hopefully they'll be able to go back soon. We'll see.
Okay, you are tuned into the Wizbanger Show right here on MMH, the home of rock radio. Very special edition of the Wizbanger Show today, bringing you my interview and chit chat with Rick Hunold from Exodus. And so it's just been really fun having some time with him. But I wanted to break in and play the track that he chose off Impact is Imminent, which came out in 1990. And let's get back to the interview right here on MMH, the home of rock radio. So let's let's talk about music a little bit. Yeah, What's right. your favorite newer thrash band? So do you want new? new? Oh, Hatred. Hatred's really good. Okay. Here's another quick one. Ready? All right. Okay. So the Teutonic Megan Four. Slayer, Anthrax, and Metallica? No, the Teutonic Four, the German ones. The German oh, ones. Destruction. One. They're called the Teutonic Four, the four biggest I've thrash bands in Germany. I've never heard that term before. Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, okay, yeah. go ahead. Destruction, so, who else? You can't guess? Come on, no, y'all. I can't, I can't guess. Destruction? Dist- so, out of these four, which of the Teutonic Four is your favorite? Destruction, Tankard, Sodom, Creator. I was going to say Creator. Mine's Tankard. Yeah, I, I figured. Tankard's really popular. <laughs> you figured? We've, we've done shows. We've done shows with Creator for I love Creator. I've seen them out of this list. I've seen them the most. I've actually, I've never seen Sodom, but I've seen Creator so many times. And then I've you ever seen, seen Destruction. destruction? Times. Yeah, we yeah, saw Destruction. We actually went to Sacramento to go see them because that's where right. they were playing. I think, who were they playing with? I can't remember who it was. I might have been at that show, actually. Oh, it was Sepultura. Oh, man, what a lineup. Yeah, it was Sepultura and then Destruction opened for them. And Dude, that's insane. So good. No, that's why we drove to Sacramento because that show wasn't coming here. And Marcus and yeah. I were like, oh, we are there. Dude, yeah, that's was, an insane show. It was really, really good. Freaking it, love Sepultura, dude. Oh, they got a lot of history with Exodus. Oh, I'm going to have to slip a Sepultura song in there. So give me yeah. a Sepultura, give me a Sepultura Exodus story. Well, it, it's, every time we, we've played, like every time we play in a, they go back as far as like 84, 85 Sepultura in Brazil. First time we went to Brazil um, was when we really bonded as a band. We would actually like do guest appearances with, with Sepultura like in Brazil. Uh, they'd be doing a show somewhere and we'd, we'd go and play Piranha or some shit. Just became pretty good friends with those guys. If you had a request for a Sepultura song, what would it be? Roots. All right. Hey, do you know anything about, uh, That's you know what Pinga be. is? Pinga is like... Pinga is like the, the Brazilian the Brazilian drink. It's nasty, but it gets you <laughs> wasted. Uh, yeah, we used to we used to hang out with them and drink pinga. It was insane. Do you want to share a story? We would just get wasted together, dude, and just play guitar in front of like like tons and tons of like in a big club shows. I remember just being so wasted and just sucking so bad. <laughs> <laughs> No, and being just just playing horrible, man, and just being so but having so much fun.
want to get loaded and we want to have a good time. Tuesday at 6pm make sure you tune into Loaded with me Steve Webb for your weekly fix of indie, indie rock, alternative, grunge, punk, post-punk, rock, shoegaze, a little bit of hip-hop, a little bit of electro, there is loads going on. Only on MMH, the home of rock radio. The revolution has begun. Join the revolution. The Lost Art with Steve Gould. For only the very best in progressive rock. Every Sunday, 4 to 7 p.m. Only on MMH, the home of rock radio.
All right. We got about another half an hour to go of chit chatting with Mr. Rick Hunolt from Exodus and playing songs that he picked out or bands that he picked out. I got to pick out all the actual songs, but that was cool. So I played Testament and that I selected Burnt Offerings off the 1987 The Legacy album on Megaforce Records with Alex Golnick on guitar. And as Rick pointed out, the only, one of the one of the few people from all the Ruthie's bands that was actually a local from Berkeley. And then I played Sepultura. And that was Rick's request. I love the story of Exodus and Sepultura hanging out and partying together. I, I knew that they had toured with them before several times, but it was kind of a fun story. <laughs> I don't know look up that, that booze. <laughs> Top of the set was Hatriot, Rick's pick for a relatively new band, the vocalist for Exodus, the Steve Zetro Souza. That's his band. And it's chock full of his kids. <laughs> so on that album, I played for you. It's called The Dawn of the New Centurion. It was came out in 2014 on Massacre Records. And the song that I played for you is called Honor the Rise and Fall. And that's Cody Souza on bass, Zetro on box, and Nick Souza on drums. Got a little bit more Rick riffing for you. So <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in on this very special edition of the Whizbanger Show. Here we go. A little bit more Rick riffing right here on the Whizbanger Show on MMH, the home of rock radio. All right. Best women in thrash. Best women? Mm-hmm. Is Dora, is Dora thrash? I think of Dora, Dora as heavy metal. Just, okay. But she draws from some thrash stuff. Yeah. So you ever heard of a band called Detente? They were a local band from LA. A girl named Don Crosby, who's dead now, who OD'd, I think. She was a Amazing, dude. She sang like thrash. She was badass. So any any thrash women? I can't even. Re- I'm trying to think of some thrash women that were. I can't think of any. I'll give you one. Yeah. Nervosa. Never heard of them. All right, I'm gonna send you some Nervosa.
All right. Very happy to have been able to slip in some female heaviness on this Wizbanger show with Rick Hunolt as my special guest today for you. So I played Nervosa for Rick because he said he hadn't heard that before. So Rick, there you go. There's some Nervosa. I hope you dig it. That was off the first album of theirs. It came out in 2014 and a victim of yourself and the song i played was wake up and fight they are uh that was released on napalm records they are still on napalm record that's a uh, lineup change now mia wallace is on bass and before that was detente with losers and that was off the album recognize no authority on metal blade records and top of the set i had to slip some doro in there just because <laughs> rick mentioned her not thrash but super awesome heavy metal and i played all for metal off the 2018 forever warriors forever united on nuclear blast okay next up here me and rick are gonna go down memory lane a little bit so <laughs> as we talk about our younger years and he's known me a very long time so we're gonna reminisce a little bit about my brothers the who used to be called in the in the olden days when Thrasher magazine was a newspaper and not a flashy magazine. They were the Flying Suzuki Brothers, so named for their skateboarding prowess. And my middle brother, Jim Bay, just called me on the phone yesterday and said, oh, I just got back from the skate park. I was there for two hours. I am Sarah Wisbanger, and you are tuned into the Wisbanger Show, which you can hear every Friday from 2 to 4 in the afternoon, Pacific Standard Time, or 10 to midnight in the UK. And you are tuned in to the one and only... MMH, the home of rock radio. We've known one another for about since I yeah. was eight, nine, or ten. Because I can remember, I remember meeting you because me and John were like best friends. We 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 skated together every single day for a long time. We I had a I had a little ramp in my backyard on 66th Street. I'm gonna send you a picture I have of us on that ramp. It was badass, man. I just some of the most precious days of my life. Dude, I'll tell you what. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I've known you, you about just a little girl. Yeah, I mean, I was like 10, so you would have been like a very young teenager. Yeah, yeah, I, you know what? It was probably before I even started playing guitar, too. I mean, even though I went to Ruthie's, I was so young, I didn't. Right, you know, I right. knew the bands that were my age. <laughs> right. But I just remember, so I remember when you joined Exodus. Yeah. Because I was a teenager. I mean, when was that, 84, 83? 84, 80, like late 83, 84, yep. Yeah, so you would have been like 17 or 18. Yeah. And I no, was, no. and I was 13 or 14. Yeah. <laughs> and so no. I just, my memories of you in those days are, were rooted in, in times of like being like a crazy Berkeley family. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Berkeley having that, it. which is part of the, I think part of the reason what made like that scene so special is Berkeley in particular and Oakland. Like those were strange childhoods. And, but we were so connected though. And I think know, because and, we were kind of, what was like the island of misfits toys was berkeley in the 70s pretty much telegraph avenue was was the spot for us that's where yeah. we grew up dude that was it's, our home i had to ask just because you're from berkeley and like what's your favorite crazy early childhood in berkeley story it's not really a story it's just like because the whole thing was, was a story it was so it weird, was, yeah right? it was our family you know what i mean it was like when i woke up in the morning I went to Telegraph on my skateboard, me and my brother, and uh, we'd meet up with everybody. We'd meet up with all the BTU guys, you know, or else we went to Willard Park, you know, <laughs> and this is before, like, I think way before we started drinking beer and all that other shit. But it was just the biggest, it was just the best little family we had going on. I, I'll never forget it. I love it. And John will tell you the same thing. It was just, we were all connected, man. Yeah. Heavily. We'd go to Silver Ball and play foosball for hours and hours and hours and just hang out. 
be a bunch of just just a bunch of kids hanging out on Telegraph and Durant. <laughs> That's so crazy. Right. Bouncing between the blondies and yeah, Lavelle's. <laughs> so when was the last time you've been up on Telegraph in Berkeley? Um, not that long ago, actually. I mean, like it's probably a, a couple years. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's not the place we grew it's up. It's very different. It is very different. I mean, you go up there, there's, I mean, the top dog's still there. Hopefully yeah, they didn't go out of business. Yeah. Do you remember when John worked at Top Dog? It was like 1977 or 78. Wow, dude, that's when Van Halen 1 came out. That's why I started playing guitars because of that album, Van Halen. <laughs> so Berkeley in the 70s and 80s, it is hard to think about a single memory because what you remember are the people, right? I remember so, the people. So let's, yeah. let's name all the street people that everybody knew. Oh my God. Uh, not even just street people, but all like the Berkeley characters, right? So there was Julia, Vin- Julia Vinograd, the, the bubble lady. The bubble lady. The polka dot man. The polka dot man. Yeah. Uh, Tom yeah. Rare. Oh, Rare. So remember Shay? Yeah, I remember Shay. Okay. So we got, remember, the, remember Serge, the guy that used to, remember Serge who used to walk around in the, uh, he had the big white beard in, uh, Really, he was a very small stature guy. Uh, walked yeah. around talking to himself. His name was Serge. Oh, you remember Robert, the black guitar player? To hang out on the corner and play acoustic guitar. Oh, uh, dude, these are these are people like that are just buried in my skull. I used to watch Robert play guitar. There's the hate man. And he used to go around screaming at people and just. <laughs> and then, like with with flowers in his hair you go up there any you know in the 80s as teenagers you just walk up there because that's what you would do is go to durant telegraph and like hang out there would just be all your friends i think we were so lucky to to be brought up back then it's a lot different now it's just so much different now man oh my god oh another character bailey yeah i went to go see george clinton and funkadelic or george clinton in parliament at um the cornerstone yeah and that club is badass yeah, it was great. And he, he's always there. And he just, yeah, I, think I he always works have there, such, I have very pleasant conversations with him. And it's no, he's he's a really good. He looks really healthy. He's yep. doing really well. I, I totally saw him last time I was there walking up the street. I couldn't believe it. I said, Bailey. He goes, dude, what's up? Yeah. It was like years. You know what I mean? He used to play in a band. The fuck was his band's name, dude? I want to, why do I want to say Raven so bad? He is a really good bass player. I'm always happy to see him. <laughs> he looked exactly the same. I couldn't believe it. Right? Same outfit, same hairstyle. I, I was just like, oh my God. We used to buy hash off of him um, back in the day.
winding down here on this extra special edition of the Woodsbanger show with my very special guest, Mr. Rick Hunolt of Exodus. And I got a few more questions for him, but I wanted to break into our reminiscing, which I hope you got a kick out of. And I'm sure many of you listening are remembering some of those Berkeley characters. Join me on my Facebook page of the Woodsbanger show and comment all of you old Berkeley heads. Who else you remember wandering up and down Telegraph and Durant, where most of us lived for many, many years when we weren't at home or weren't cutting school or weren't at Willard Park. We were on Durant and Telegraph and hanging out at Silver Ball. All right, that was Attitude Adjustment from the Bay Area. I played Grey World off the 1986 album American Paranoia. That was on Pestmort Records. In heavy rotation at Ruthie's Inn, all three of these bands that were in this last segment. That was Possessed before them with March to Die off the 1987 Beyond the Gates album. And top of the set, also from 1987, the Ultraviolence album on Enigma Records. I played Kill as One by none other than Death Angel. Everybody loves Death Angel. They're just amazing and still going. Okay, got a little bit more for you of our interview before we wrap it up and and put the Exodus tale on the show. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Wizbanger Show every week on MMH, the home of rock radio. All right, I have three more questions. Two are are super short and quick. So one of our DJs, so he asked me to ask you a question. Was Paul Bailoff really that crazy? He was crazy when he was around people in the scene at clubs and stuff. He was actually a really, really sweet human being. He wasn't a mean, a mean crazy. I don't want anybody to ever get that. Yeah, exactly. Paul was crazy because he was just there was no shame in Paul Bailoff's game at all. It was like, what you saw is what you get. That's it. You either loved him or you hated him. That's for sure. All the women adored Paul Bailoff because he was so real and he was so sweet. Dude, he was so funny. And then the second question, did he ever have a wolf? He had two wolves. One was Bitor and one was Level. Bitor and Level? Yep. I swear to God. I believe you. I believe you. He was famous for those wolves. All right. This is another quick question. What's your what's your bucket list venue to play in the world? Fox Theater in Oakland. I saw Slayer. I saw Machine Head. I've seen all kinds of shows, and that place is badass. And not only that, but I played every almost every venue in the Bay Area besides that one. That would just be really close to home. Either that, if they were going to do a metal show at the Berkeley Community Theater, would be pretty cool too. I saw Kiss there. Wouldn't that be badass? Yeah, the Lick It Up tour. You saw Kiss at the Berkeley Community Theater? <laughs> I did. <laughs> That's huge. I read somewhere from a couple months ago that you 
maybe touring with Exodus? It could happen because Lee, the guitar player that took my place in Exodus, also plays for Heathen. Gary told me just to be ready. I just got done doing a, a, a couple, three solos on the new Exodus album. Supposedly due out June 2021. We'll see what happens. And that's Persona Non Grata? Yeah, it's amazing. Singing? But we'll see what happens. You know, I mean, nothing's, you never know in this crazy ass business, man, what could happen. If Exodus comes to Spain, we'll totally come see you, obviously. Oh, hell yeah. And be then, awesome. Right on. It's so good to be back in touch with you. It's just really tell fun. You, hey, do me a favor. Tell your brother that we did this. Yeah, okay. No, I will. All right. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate your time, hon. All right. I appreciate I your time. Hear- Thank you so much. All right. I'm so glad you're doing good. All, All right. right. Bye, honey. Bye. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. Thank you, Rick, so much for your time. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Stay in touch. And as always, keep that PMA. Thank you for tuning into the Wiz Banger Show. And thank you for listening to MMH, the home of rock radio. Signing off with a couple of Exodus tracks for you. Going to play Toxic Waltz and Corruption, both off Fabulous Disaster. Those were Rick's requests. And then I will lead you straight into the loving arms of DJ Canatan and follow the tribe. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great rest of your weekend. Peace out. <laughs>